0: Oh God, who is indeed our rock and our redeemer, who is the source of truth in our lives. Amen. Well, in the story of uh, when Jesus is, uh, goes to the cross to give his life for us, um, one of the things that happens in that story is, is something that you may have missed. Hey, could you reset this for me so it uh, works? Thanks. Um, and, and that is Jesus is having this conversation with Pontius Pilate. He's wrestling through this idea and he says to Pilate that those who follow me um, are listen to the truth. And I don't know if you remember this or not, but Pilate actually looks at him and he says, What is truth? Now, that's a question that I think we've been asking for a long time. That is a question we still ask today What is truth? Um, now, I want to go ahead and I want to give you a little true-false test as we uh, start worship today, all right? I used to be a teacher, so I like giving quizzes. This is a pop quiz, all right? Little true-false pop quiz. And um, the, the first question I have for you is this, true or false, now, now I should have told you this, don't answer this out loud, okay, all right? You'll see why, okay, all right? Don't answer it out loud, just think your own answer, Joe Biden won the state of Georgia by 11,789 votes. Is that true or false? Just think about your answer, okay? Here's the second one. Uh, The second one is this. Um, President Trump's uh, uh, Operation Warp Speed got us a vaccine in record time. True or false? Think about that. Okay, now here's the third question. Let's go to the next slide. Truth is hard to find these days. True or false? Now, my guess is some of you answered those false, then true. Some of you answered those true, then false. But I think maybe we all agreed on the third question, and that is truth is hard to find these days, isn't it? The fact is that these days it is really hard to identify what is true and what isn't true. And, and there's a real problem with that. The problem with that is when it's hard for me to identify what is true and what isn't true, I have a tendency to kind of pick and choose what I want to be true and make my own decisions about truth. Let me uh, give you an example of that. You can find uh, experts in, in, in medical stuff that will tell you that if you have a couple of cups of coffee every day, it's bad for you, right? You, you can also find experts that will tell you if you have a couple of cups of coffee every day, it's actually good for you. You can find both of those truths out there, right? So uh, guess which truth I choose to decide? Right, I, I, I'll pick the truth that's convenient for me, that, that fits the way I want life to work. That's how I decide what is true. And, and see, there's a real danger in that, because the danger in that is that, that when we're deciding what is true, when, when every one of us has our own version of what is true based on whatever we want the circumstances to be, that's an opportunity for Satan to go to work. Scripture tells us that Satan is the father of lies. And if we look very back at the very beginning in, in, the, in the first few chapters of the, of the Bible, there's a story where Adam and Eve are in the Garden of Eden, and they've been told by God not to eat of the, of the fruit from the one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And, uh, and yet there we find Satan uh, having this conversation with Eve, and, and he, he says to Eve, what, what are you not supposed to do? And she says, well, we're not supposed to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and in fact, God says, if we touch it, we're going to die. And then Satan says this, he says, you will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now, look at what Satan said there. There's a certain amount of truth there, right? Right? I mean, he's talking about this whole thing about the knowledge of good and evil. In fact, God's the one that even called the tree the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But, but look at the very beginning of what Satan says. He says, you will not die. That was a lie. In fact, they did die. In fact, we all died. Death became a part of God's creation because they ate of that tree. Satan was just flat out lying to them. Folks, Satan loves to whisper lies in our ears. I mean, think of some of the lies that you hear every day in our society today. First of all, you hear lies like this. Money can't buy you happiness, but things can buy you happiness or give you happiness. The the lie our society teaches is that that you need more stuff, and the more stuff you have, the happy you are. Just, Just when you watch television later on today, watch what the commercials have to say. Every single one of them is telling you the lie that you need whatever it is they're selling, and you won't be happy unless you have it. That's the basic idea behind everything you hear on television, and it's a lie. Stuff doesn't make you happy, but our society wants you to believe that. Satan whispers that lie to you. All right, here's another one. As long as you're not hurting anyone else, you can do what you want. That's, that's another lie of our society, that, that I have the freedom, I can just do what, anything I want. I can do anything I want, I can eat what I want. It doesn't matter what I do, as long as I'm not hurting others, I, I'm free to do anything I want. That's another lie that our society tells us. It's another lie that Satan whispers in our ears. I, I, another lie is this idea that that. Um, that There's just no such thing as truth. That truth is hard to find if it exists at all. And and you can have your version of truth and I can have my version of truth. Truth is just kind of a personal thing we all decide. It's another lie that Satan whispers. So where do we find truth? We heard it earlier in our reading today from John chapter 17. Jesus was praying in John chapter 17. We call it the high priestly prayer. It's the night before he was about to be crucified uh, or arrested and then crucified the next day. And and by the way, when I look at that whole prayer in John 17, I'm amazed because Jesus was about to go through, through some very difficult things and yet his prayer is almost all focused not on himself, it's focused on us. And, and in the center of that prayer, we heard those words. Jesus, once again, talked about truth to his Father, and then he said this very simple statement. He said, you want to know where to find truth? He said, your word is truth. Folks, truth isn't elusive. It isn't hard to find. It is right there in God's word for us. And so Paul, when he was writing this letter to the church at Ephesus, when he was talking about these tools that God has given us in this battle, one of the first tools he talks about is this idea of truth, and in fact, he used a Roman soldier's belt as the symbol for truth, the the belt of truth, he says. Now, um, uh, this morning when I I was uh, up here getting the belt ready to go, uh, Carol asked me, she said, uh, are are you going to put the belt on? And I said, no. You know why? Because I tried. It doesn't fit. It's not big enough, all right? But, uh, but this, this is a replica of what the belt would have looked like that a Roman soldier would have worn in Paul's day. And, and I want you to, to notice a couple things about it. First of all, the reason this belt was so important for that soldier to wear is because a, a Roman soldier would wear kind of like a, a tunic, Right? Um, and, uh, you know, maybe not that different than what I'm wearing today, just not quite as long. And, uh, and if he would go into battle with that tunic, just flapping all around and stuff like that, it would get in the way, potentially, uh, get in the way of him being able to fight. And so the, the belt was very important for holding that tunic close to the body and keeping it out of the way. But, but also stop and think about this. if, if, you didn't have your belt on, you had no place to hang your sword. And and so you would go into battle totally unprepared for that battle if you didn't have your belt on and with it your sword. Um, but there's a, a third aspect of this belt that I want to make sure you don't miss is that the Roman soldier's belt wasn't just a belt. Notice it had these leather strips hanging from it with metal studs in those strips. Do you know what that was for? It, it wasn't just for show. It kind of looks cool, doesn't it? No. No, it, it was to, let's, let's put this delicately, it was to protect um, some vital parts of the Roman soldier's body. Let's just put it that way, all right? It, it, was, it, was, it was to provide protection as well, and in fact, protection from, for something very, very important in that Roman soldier's life. So God's truth, Paul is saying, is like that belt. First of all, it, it prepares us to go into battle. Another story about Jesus. He's been um, in the wilderness for for forty days and forty nights, and he's being tempted by Satan. Now he's hungry, he's tired, and Satan uses that moment when Jesus is at his weakness to bring temptations to him. In fact, we're told about three different temptations. but Jesus was prepared for those temptations. In fact, he was prepared with God's truth. Do you remember what happens for each one of those temptations? Jesus' answer is always a quote that he has memorized from God's word. The first temptation is, hey, if you're the son of God, take these stones and turn them into bread. You're hungry, make yourself some bread. And Jesus quotes God's word that he had memorized. He said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then Satan takes him up to the spire of the temple and he says, Throw yourself down and God's going to protect you. That's what his word says. That's what that truth that you just quoted me says. And Jesus, once again, answers with a quote from God's word, a a verse that he had memorized. He says, you know, you shall not test the Lord your God. And then Satan gives uh, Jesus a view of all the kingdoms of the earth. And he says, all you have to do, I'll give all these kingdoms to you. Another lie, by the way. I'll give all these kingdoms to you, Satan says, if you will just bow down and worship me. And once again, Jesus quotes scripture, God's truth. He says, you're supposed to worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Notice how Jesus was prepared. In fact, he had been preparing his whole life for that battle with Satan. He, Jesus had spent lots of time in God's word, and God's truth. He had memorized huge portions of scripture. We know from how they lived their life in those days. Jesus knew the truth from God's word and he quoted it in the battle from Satan. He was prepared. But there, there's even a more important way that we wear that truth of god's word and that is to let that truth of god's word protect us from maybe the the greatest threat of all from satan in our lives let me ask you a question what are you worth think about that for a minute what what are you worth what what are you worth to your family your friends what are you worth to this world What, what are you worth to god see i think the greatest lie that Satan tells us is that you are worth nothing. That's the the, the lie that Satan wants to whisper in your ear day after day, month after month, year after year. He wants to chip away at your sense of self-worth. Satan reminds you constantly of the sins and the failings of your past. Satan reminds you constantly of your shortcomings, the things that you don't do well. Satan reminds you constantly of the times when when you've messed up and, and, and caused pain or difficulty in relationships. Satan is so good at again and again and again trying to convince you that you are worth nothing. It's his greatest lie, it's his greatest attack, and it's the attack at which you need, you need that belt of truth to protect you. Because you see, here's the truth of what God's word says. First of all, God's word, God's truth teaches that, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, that God formed and shaped you to be the exact person that you are. You are God's masterpiece, even his word says. The, the, the truth of, uh, of God tells you that not only did he form and shape you the, to be the person you are, but that when when you and I sinned, when you and I did things that were wrong in God's sight, he has forgiven us of those things. The Bible says as far as the east is from the west, that's how far he has removed our transgressions from us. God says that he will forgive our transgressions and remember them no more. Folks, the truth of God's word, the truth that protects us from Satan's greatest lie is that you are valuable to God. Let me ask you this, how do you know how valuable something is? I mean, the the only way you know is, is how much will somebody pay for it, right? I mean, you could put something on eBay for a million dollars and if nobody's gonna buy it, it's not worth a million dollars, right? You're only worth what someone will pay, so let me ask you this question, What's the truth from God's word about what you're worth? What was God willing to pay for you? The fact is, he was willing to give his life for you. Jesus was willing to shed his blood for you. That's how valuable you are to God. That is God's truth. And it protects us from Satan's greatest lie. Folks, we need to hang on to God's truth We need to use God's truth. We need to keep God's truth in our lives by by reading his word every day, by memorizing God's word. You know, you're never too old to do some memory work and and commit God's word to memory. Keeping ourselves firmly in God's truth prepares us for the battle and protects us from Satan's greatest lies. One last story for you. I, I I used to play a lot of softball and uh, a lot of times I'd have a softball game in the evening after, uh, after work. And so I wouldn't have time to go home or anything like that. So I'd have to just bring my softball col- clothes with me and change into them at work. And I remember one particular day, um, I had a pretty early game. So um, I was just, I was at work. I was wearing a suit that day. And, and, uh, and I just, I'd, in my office, I would just change into my uh, softball clothes and head off to play softball. Only as I put my softball stuff on, I realized I had forgotten my belt that went with my softball pants. I was like, well, no big deal of Pants are pretty tight, they'll, they'll be fine, right? And so, so I went and I, I got to the ball field and I went out to left field. That was the position I was playing back in those days. And, uh, um, you know, the first couple of fly balls during batting practice were kind of easy. You know, just a little jog here, get the ball, not a problem. And then all of a sudden, a guy kind of ripped one pretty strong, like, over my head towards the gap. And I turned and I started running really fast. And after about three steps, I realized I had a problem. And and by the time I got near the ball, one hand was like this trying to pull my pants back up and the other was trying to knock the ball down. And I realized this was not going to work. So, you know, fortunately I thought about it. Well, I had my suit belt uh, in the car. So I went and I got that. And even though it looked stupid, I I put that belt on and was able to to, to play the game. Folks, if you go into battle without your belt, it's not going to work. God has given us the belt of truth. He's given us the truth of His Word. And I pray that you would cling to that truth every day as you, as you live in a society that tries to tell you that there is no such thing as truth, or that, that, that you can decide for yourself what truth is, or as you, worst of all, listen to the lies of Satan that try to tell you things that are just wrong. Cling to God's truth. Cling to God's Word. Amen.